0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Cyber Life Podcast. My name is Ken Underhill, your host. In season two, this episode, I have the amazing Tomiko Evans. Now, before we get started with this episode, I'm going to play a little of a mix beat that she's provided for me. So I hope you enjoy the beat. And as you know already, she's one of the greatest cyber rappers ever to live. Hey everyone, welcome to the Cyber Life Podcast. My name is Ken Underhill, your host. In today's episode, I have a special guest who's a multi-award winning, um, and I thought it was like 30 awards. Uh, she let me know it was a different number. Um, but uh, Tamiko Evans, many of you have probably seen her at conferences. You've seen uh, Dr. Haseeb on LinkedIn talk about her a lot. He, she saved the day at some conferences. Uh, with her rapping skills. So welcome, Miko. It's great to have you on.
1: Thanks for having me, Ken.
0: Absolutely. Uh, so do you mind, I always like to just kind of ask everyone that gets on the podcast to sort of share their journey a little bit, like how they actually went from whatever they were doing and got interested in technology and uh, sort of their journey to get into the cybersecurity industry or where to get to where they are at this point. So do you mind just kind of giving the, the summary view of Of your not your life because we don't want your social security number, uh, but uh, just kind of the the summary of like how you get how number one how you got interested in tech at all in the first place, and uh, number two just sort of the some of the jobs you've gone through to get to where you are.
1: Sure, I'm glad to share that with you, and thanks for having me on here, Ken. Absolutely. Um, Well, in the tech industry, I guess I got to go way back here. Hmm. <laughs> I always love video games, <laughs> like most people uh when they were when they were a kid, but the thing is, I wanted to do something different uh where my friends they wanted to get into health care, and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I didn't want to do health care and then I started thinking, and actually somebody mentioned. Hey, when you was at eighth grade, you used to love that Apple II computer, how you, how you made the screen um, colorful. And I was like, yeah, okay, I, I do like that. And of course, you like video games. I'm like, okay, cool. I like that too. So then I started looking, trying to figure out, well, what, what type of classes I need. And, and I ended up getting into computer science. Uh, I received my bachelor's degree in computer science, but dealing with video games, I have always been that person to try to figure out, well, if there's no class for it, well, maybe I can integrate another class that can help me. And in this case, with technology and and trying to get into video games, and I looked at the animation, I looked at the drawings and, and art. So I So I called myself taking a lot of art classes and computer science so I could try to combine it together because there were no classes dealing dealing with any type of uh, classes dealing with video games at that time because that was way, way back. (laughs) However, as time went on, my cousin, ended up helping me build a computer because I, ne- I never really had a computer of my own. And, and he was like, well, I was telling him when I in school, I was like, I don't have a computer to do my work. And he said, oh, well, we can build a computer. I'm like, what? Build a computer? Who does that? So he ended up helping me had parts and like I had a box and had a bunch of computer parts in a box. And I'm like, wow, you keep that stuff? Okay. So we started building a computer and I ended up like really enjoying working on computers and building computers. And that's how I ended up getting more into the desktop support and, and help desk role because I love helping people, helping with their problems, and things in that nature. And then later, as time went on, I, I noticed that you know my, my salary wasn't changing. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so yes, salary welcome, kept... welcome to the help desk
0: where you don't get a raise.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> my salary kept, uh, it never really increased to the <laughs> point that it was like, oh, I wanna, I wanna think great for myself. So, so I was like, something needs to happen. Something, I, I probably need to go back to school. But I'm thinking, I may be too old to go back to school because it was like 20 years later. Like I'm, I felt I was too old. But then I met another cousin. And she was much older than me. And when I found out she was going back to school, I said, well, if she can do it, I can too. But the problem was, I didn't know what direction I wanted to go in. I didn't know what I wanted to do or be or anything. Cause I just knew I, my, my passion was technology. Mm-hmm. So one day, and, and I tell this story during my, my presentation. So one day my cousin asked me to watch this TV show called the good wife. I don't know if uh, you, you've heard the good wife before. It's a, uh, it's a lawyer show Never. and they have like this, Pri- <laughs> what? <laughs> <I> no, <know>, right. <laughs> <laughs> and they had this private investigator that will always try to get like that little bit of information in order to solve the case. So in on this one episode, she ended up doing some type of social engineering into a company and trying to find this particular computer to get like some information. So as soon as she yeah, you know, insert her flash drive into this laptop, my cousin jumped up and said, Oh my gosh, Tomiko, you can do this. And like, <laughs> what? I, I, Cause I'm looking at it as entertainment here. I was her, her mind goes a mile a minute. She's like, you can do this. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I, I retrieve data all the time so I can, so I can uh, set up people's new computers. So I'm, I'm, I'm always transferring data here. What are you talking about? She, she, and then she mentioned, no, it's some type of computer forensics or something in that nature. That's what she was thinking about. And I'm like, I'm like, does that even go together? Computer forensics or whatever. So then, when that happened, we end up googling, and of course, the, the correct term was uh, digital forensics. And we we start googling them, and I'm looking at what what they do, the description. I'm like, I do this, I do this, I do this, and I'm looking at the salary. I'm like, whoever whoever has this title, they get that salary, like which is double my salary. <laughs> nah, so I'm gonna have to you know figure out like what I need to do. And I'm like, okay, well I can I can do this too because I'm doing it anyway. And, and then I started Googling, you know, um, the, the, the best way I felt that I was going to get in, in there was to go back to school because I didn't know what search to take. There was so many searches out there and I didn't know what direction to go in. And I, and I needed a foundation to try, try to figure out, well, you know, what is this all about? And there was some structure by going to school, there's structure. You don't have to be all over the place or whatever. And and I and I found a school, but the school wasn't for me. I'm not gonna name the school, but it wasn't really for me because they didn't have any flexibility. As an adult, you know, I need flexibility if I'm gonna work and go to school. When I found out that I had to choose between school and work, I'm like, uh, you know, there's no brainer. I need to go to work.
0: Right.
1: So then later I, after that semester, I was thinking I was—I was figuring it out like, I'm like I need to do something because this is pretty stressful because they're not working with me here. They're not working with me, and 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 it's like I want to go to school, but also I need to work. Then later, around that uh, around that time, Home Depot had a breach. Going on, and I don't know if you remember Home Depot Breach. Yep, certainly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the founder of Home Depot, which was Bernie Marcus, he was also the CEO of the company I worked for, which is uh, I'll name it Georgia Aquarium. He and he came to the job and told my director and my VP, Hey, I need you to figure out you know how to protect the credit card systems and that's when i started getting into uh, vulnerability management when they when they start introducing me to 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 tenable nessus and and scanning all the computer systems as well as patching the computer systems i had to i had to find all the criticals and high and fix them myself and and do some updates I, i did so much there, and then I thought, I'm like, hey, I'm in cybersecurity. I might as well go to school for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, and so I'm already in it. So, might as well improve the skills I'm maintaining right now. But I, but the thing is, I've been in in IT for like 20 years, and the thing, and and I've been protecting systems anyway but there was no real process to it. So I do understand how how it works. So so after so after that, that's when I uh, found University of Maryland University College, which is now University of Maryland Global Campus, and I ended up going to that school the academic advisor i'm like well what is the penalty of turning in your assignment late because with the other school it it was it was almost zero tolerance like 50 percent off that that didn't motivate me to continue with that yeah you know so so with university of maryland university uh global campus they said all you gotta do is communicate with your professor. you should be good. I'm like, what, communicate, people do that? Oh my God. (laughs) So I'm like, all right, cool. I'm in, this is gonna be my school, everything. So that's how I really got into uh, cybersecurity uh, during that, during the Home Depot breach. So (laughs) pretty much (laughs) in a nutshell. So you mentioned
0: uh, you mentioned structure, and I think uh, some people listening probably are like, "What's she talking about?" Uh, I believe you're talking about different frameworks, you know, when especially when you're talking about P, uh, credit cards, so PCI DSS, uh, probably the risk management framework. Anything else that you kind of used that that gave you the structure as you were moving more into the cybersecurity, where you know all the salaries are a million dollars or more, um, base salary every year. Hmm. <laughs> Anyways, Um, there's any, any additional frameworks besides PCI DSS or uh, like any, uh, the NIST ones.
1: Well, actually, I'm thinking about it. It it was mostly PSI, PC, I'm sorry, PCI DSS and, and right, and I'm working with NIST right now. Now, I just recently at the, at the conference I went to, the ISC Square, mm-hmm. I've been talking to this one particular company. I don't, I don't know if I should mention it or not, but uh, well, actually, the BAI. They actually, from my understanding, they were doing. Um, they wrote some type of standards, but ISO uh, standards. And and when I was talking to them, I was telling them that. I'm thinking about, and I would like to write some standards for drones, uh, uh, UAV. Not, not well. Standards dealing with the safety. uh, Dealing with dealing with multiple things on the uh, uh, wireless perspective, mobile perspective. I I want to research to figure out well what's out there right now, so I can see. The portion that I can do to to give back to the community with UAVs and and cybersecurity on with the ISO standards. So the guy at the company uh, said that he wants me to get in contact with him, so maybe we can talk a little bit more about the standards for for drones um, with ISO, but also. I'm looking, I'm also, actually, I was looking at, well, I did a little research um, when I got back from Orlando, from the ISC square. And and I did see that that they are willing to take people, comments, suggestions about any type of standards that, that we can come up with and, and share with the community. So I would like to be part of, of of those efforts as well, but but other than that, it's, it's mostly um, NIST and and PCI uh, currently that that I am familiar with. But I have no problem researching any other standards that needs to um, th- that probably need to be more imp- implemented with drones because I know I'm talking about that um my journey on cybersecurity, but I also I know people have been asking me, well, how did I get into drones? And how did I connect the two together with drones? Because I, like I said, I'm a I'm an integrator. I integrate whatever um I integrate cybersecurity and whatever other skills that I have or show people whatever other transitional skills that they have they could bring it into cybersecurity and and in my case how I got into drones it was actually my godbrother because I was so fascinated about cybersecurity I don't really get into it you know because he was financial analyst so he you know he deals with you know um private data and and things of that nature people records and stuff like that, so I, he, he was like, I'm not going back to school, sis, I'm, I want my own drone business, and I'm like, your own drone business, what's that, <laughs> I mean, I, I have always been into remote control helicopters, and, and, and airplanes, and even cars, and my last remote control, you know, vehicle was the, the helicopter, I kept crashing it, because it wouldn't hover by itself. <laughs> so it kept crashing. And it was too expensive to replace the parts. And I was like, uh, I'll just do the simulator. So, but when I went, I ended up going to a drone seminar, drone business seminar, he wasn't able to go. So I kind of went for my guy brother, um, And I went for myself. And when I saw that this guy that called himself the drone boss hovering a drone by itself. He didn't have the controls in his hand or anything. It was just hovering by itself. I'm like, wow, this is cool. But when he started talking about aerial footage, all I could think of was, was data. That's all I could think about. I'm like, well who's how how is data being protected? Because I I started thinking like so so broad to the point that policemen can can use these drones and and it's like that that uh, video footage that they need in order to catch you know the bad guy what if somebody you know alter that information or hack into that information and i never heard about you know people hacking into drones until i started thinking about it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that's when I started seeing, seeing a lot, well, not a lot, but quite quite a bit of information out there. So then I started thinking about, okay, well, I see that he's using a cell phone and tablet, so that's wireless. So what if somebody intercept that wireless? So is that even secure? So I just started thinking about it, thinking about everything. And at the same time, I was, I was, I was also thinking about my brand and how Dr. Hafsi would say, "I cannot graduate," so he could start talking and speaking <laughs> on, on on panels and everything like that. I'm like, and my my thought was, "Well, what am I going to talk about?" But but for some reason, I was like, "I could talk about this. No one is talking about drones and cybersecurity and and the aspect that." you know, for protection, protecting the actual drone for the government, when the government uses it. And also all these commercial businesses are starting to use drones because all these random drone businesses are popping up. But are they thinking about the security of it? So I started thinking about all that. I'm like, well, why don't I be that's me, you know, that drone expert? and And I'm... And this journey has been such an amazing, you know, eye opener on, on so many different levels to the point that many people know that's what I'm into drones, which means if they think that that's all I'm into, which is not 100% <laughs> true. <laughs> it's not 100% true. It's just, I'm just fascinated about it. But, it just gives me a, a a different way of thinking about aircraft and and it's not that, like looking for any type of job position or anything like that. I don't want recruiters to, to know or think about, oh, well she's into drones so we can't help her because there's no drone drives out here. No, it's not that. You have to look at the, the bigger picture of it because I'm looking at every aspect of cybersecurity. Yeah, you know, it's not just it's not just one aspect of it. Because many people look at drones as flying computers. It's it's not as centralized as the regular standard computers. So so I'm looking at every every aspect, every bit and piece of dealing with drones. It's also, I'm, I'm also looking at the different computer systems that we deal with on an on a everyday basis, you know, so, so it's not just, I'm, I'm not isolating myself to just drone, which, um, but, it's, but it's helping me understand, research, and even build my own business which is called aerial footprint, LLC. So I look at, I look at all the, the information that's there that would deal with, deal with drones, like the coding of it, like how adversaries can get into the coding of it and manipulate the code, falsify the code. And I taught, and I, when I was in my, presentation i talked about um, i talked about sensors be, because drones are also iot devices and i talked about different sensors that that um, that hackers adversaries can manipulate such as the adsb sensor it's um, automatic dependent surveillance broadcast and what that is, that's when, that's when it a GPS satellite pinpoints exactly where a particular aircraft is, because other aircraft, bigger aircraft, you know, they have those sensors, and it pinpoints it, which, which that that sensor would would transmit it to the ground control station. And when a ground control station, it will retransmit it to the air traffic controller, so everybody would know where this particular aircraft is. And this is one way, in the future how how people are going to manage uh, the, the, the traffic in the air by these sensors so th- so they'll know where where the aircraft is. Now dealing with drones. They, uh, a few companies, they're trying to do the the b sensor. But right now, uh, this one company, DJI, has a sensor on, on their newer drones. It's called ADS-B in because the bigger aircraft have ADSB out, where we'll know where that particular aircraft is. But with drones. They have ADSB out where they would try to figure out, or actually, they they know the exact location where the bigger aircraft is, so so they won't crash into each other. And even though the rules and regulation for drones, 400 uh, ground, I'm sorry, uh, above ground level, they have up to uh, 400 feet. That's that's the the rule with drones. You only can go up to 400 feet. Uh, above ground level, but as the bigger aircraft start landing, they gotta eventually get to that 400 feet, and drones will have to figure out a way to get out of that aircraft way. So it's good that they will have that particular sensor, but on a on a hacker perspective, the hack because these sensors and IoT devices are not 100% secure the hackers can send false data or or modify the data where drone where the adsb in sensor will 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 tell the drone pilot uh, false information of where the bigger aircraft is if that makes sense so so it's like those are the things that we need to think about and people are not 100% looking at every aspect you know especially in the air because these are lies that we're um we're we're thinking about and we're 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 dealing with so it's like every little thing counts every thought process counts you know it's like we we shouldn't just you know take advantage or take it for granted that um that is not going to happen you know, but I'm not telling people to be paranoid or anything. Just do your due diligence, uh, just in case. You know, because people are not looking at that. You know, for aircraft, if something falls off the sky, even a drone falls off the sky or something, we have to we have to look at well, well uh, what what happened? We have to look at the risk that 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 went on. You know. The, the pilots have to understand the risk, the, the small, the commercial pilots need to know a hundred percent the risk that they're taking before they even start their mission, because you're not trying to, you don't want to hurt the mission or, or block any mission that were further or, you know, blocking it. Yeah. Block the mission that will further, um, of what, of what you're trying to do. And so I know I'm rambling and babbling, but it's like I could talk about (laughs) this, you know, all the time, (laughs) you know, I could talk about this all day. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) No, I think, uh, I think you bring up a good point. Uh, A lot of times it's, Ooh, look at this shiny object of technology and no one really thinks through all these other things. Right. We, I mean, we've seen that with the IOT world, right. The home thermostats, et cetera. Uh, your fridge talking to you, et cetera. So yeah, anything technology can be attacked. And I think you, you're you taking the good approach because I think a lot of people I've spoken to about drones, they don't even consider that at all. They you know they assume that everything's 100% secure, uh, which we all know is false. <laughs> um, so yeah. with, with your consulting company, exactly. and I'm going to give you a plug here, uh, with your consulting company, if someone out there listening is like, ooh, I've got a drone company, I didn't even think about the cybersecurity aspect of it, how can I reach out to Tamiko and hire her company? Should they reach out to you via LinkedIn?
1: Um, Your LinkedIn, you know, okay. I'm always on LinkedIn.
0: Okay, well, I, <laughs> no, I No, I knew so, that, no uh, I'm okay. just
1: kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, um, you, you can link. Uh, they can reach out to me on on LinkedIn. I'm always on LinkedIn. Okay. Uh, you can email me at miko miko three two three at live dot com as well.
0: I will say real quick that I'm happy that was not at AOL.com. I would have questioned you a little bit, Tamiko, if you had. To... <laughs> that's good.
1: I, no, not AOL. <laughs> Actually, I do know some people with AOL. Accounts, oh, God,
0: goodness. But, I, yeah, I do. that's can... another story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so you've spoken at many conferences. Um, you've also spoken, I know earlier this year, I believe it was uh, to like, you know, elementary students and stuff. So you're going out around speaking, educating the masses. You've won a couple of awards. One of those, I was uh, there in Vegas when you when you uh, won that one. Um, but you won another one recently, uh, and I have a feeling like next year you're going to win like a hundred of them. <laughs> so if you're out there listening, <laughs> recommender for any award. It doesn't matter what. Uh, we just wanted to get a hundred. <laughs> um, what, what can you count? Uh, is
1: that my goal?
0: Yes, that's your goal for uh, 2020 is uh, 100 awards okay. or more or more. So if you guys want to <laughs> recommend more than that. Um, what are mm-hmm. So, do you mind just talking about the awards? And of course, I know the one you got in Vegas, but just kind of sharing the couple of awards you've won this year, um, and uh, you know what what they would mean or like why you might have been chosen for them.
1: Well, the first award it was during the the DefCon and and Black Hat uh, Wicked Game, and it was during that time. Uh, cyber, actually, women's. Of society and Cyber Jitsu, mm-hmm. um, they had a award ceremony where I was the Cyber Rising Star Award. And that award, I guess, me putting myself out there because two years ago, no one really knew who I was. Mm-hmm. And I started putting myself out there with the help of my mentor, uh, Dr. Hasid. Um, putting things that I that I felt that I was just doing for fun, like for instance, rapping, rapping, and 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 writing poems about cybersecurity, just just uh, just getting like really more engaged in cybersecurity, not just the work. And and it was just, it was just crazy because I I shared it with him and. And he, he was like, oh my gosh, he, he went and started like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome or whatever. And and then he just started sharing it with people on LinkedIn, you know, the video, because, I th- you know, I, I didn't think the video was, you know, it was, it was a homemade video. I'm like, okay, cool. If you know, <laughs> people like it, I love it. <laughs> hey, and, and then I, I believe when I spoke the first time, at ISC square I in April because I did a drone rap mm-hmm. I I performed this is why I, I performed I demonstrate how to hack into a drone and I presented so I did like multiple things and I guess that was like a a, a rising upcoming type of deal um where they looked at it as uh, maybe something different. And, and this is with both of the, of the awards because the second award was ISC Square um, Information Security Leadership Award, upcoming award, yes, up and coming award. Yes, I believe that's what it is. So with both awards, it, it's more so that I'm doing something different, I'm innovating in, in cybersecurity, and it's just something new and fresh to help the next generation to get more engaged in cybersecurity, so they can also understand that they can do something different, do something creative as well, using your creative skills. So, I believe that those that's the that's more uh, two of the reasons. Well, actually, two of the I mean, the reasons why I won both the awards because of my, actually, because of my drone rap. More so, my drone rap than, <laughs> than anything, because I, because I added it to my presentation, and, and, and I guess all the other little things that I with Jitsu so Probably all the other little things I've been doing. I wrote a drone article, uh, e forensics magazine. I wrote a, a drone. Uh, article about like the tax and vulnerabilities as well. Um, Maybe they've seen that, but, but marketing is, is huge, you know, because, because I found out later that a lot of people are doing things, but they're either, they don't have a sponsor to market them. I have a sponsor because I look at Dr. Hasib as a sponsor as well as a mentor, Mm -hmm. They probably don't have anybody to market themselves as well as sponsor them and say can vouch for them to say hey uh, you should use this person this person is doing this this and this and and I vouch for them and that that'd be a great asset to um, to the conference or a great asset to your company as well so so I believe that if if a person can either market themselves or have other people market them and, and sponsor them with word of mouth more so than than anything, uh, I believe that that would be a win win situation for for other up and coming um, cyber advocates um, that's trying to get get their name out there as well as creating a brand. You know, it's like my brand is hashtag cyber rapper for now, for now, (laughs) cyber rapper. (laughs) So, uh, so yeah. And also create videos because even with my first video, because I talked about um, cybersecurity, we have issues, you know, we have issues in cybersecurity and, and University, of, oh, actually, Dr. Hasib kind of made it, put it, actually put it in the classroom, that video, so other students can see how creative that you can be with cybersecurity. Because I, I tell people, you, you have to also, you know, go outside of the workplace and do something creative, use your transitional skills outside. Because you because a lot of people I've talked to, they they kinda of feel, you know, cybersecurity is kinda of boring. You know, but if you kinda of make it more creative and to help bring other people in or or have suggestions to to do certain things, like I mean, like people I actually I hear people that talk about you know, they're on the red team and they love the red team because, you, because you, you, you do all these like cool exercises, you know,
0: <laughs> yeah, every, <laughs> everybody wants team. to be a hacker on the red team. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Everybody wants to be a hacker on the red team. But in, in my case, um, I also want to be on the business side, even though I want to be on the technical side, because that's all I really know. A lot of the technical, you know, tea for a long time but I also want to be on the, on the business side and what I'm doing is learning more about risk management and 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 putting it in into drones because I love drones I love risk you know so I love drones and and I want to add risk management to it because first is this is is necessary for people to know and understand about it and you can make risk management fun you know I've seen some videos that was pretty cool out there Uh, with risk management, but you can, you can make it, you can make it fun. So anything that, that you think is boring, you can actually make it fun, write an article about it, write a book about it. I'm, I'm in a process, uh, I haven't started yet, but uh, I'm in a thinking process (laughs) of wanting to write a book on, well, it's going to be based, and I made a decision, it's going to be based on the the exam the i s c square exam s s c t okay exam where they're gonna be and also it's gonna kind of look at it as a marvel a marvel movie you know where there's gonna be seven domains each actually each domain is gonna represent a person and and they're gonna have like these cyber powers for their domain, okay.
0: <laughs>
1: and and I'm gonna have it have each each of them come together in some type of way because because when studying for these exams, each domain has something to do with the other domain. <laughs> so so I'm gonna I'm. It's in the works. I'll say that right now. It's an idea, and if anybody want to help, that'd be great. Um, I can put your name out there or whatever, saying that you were part of part of this uh, this effort of of creating a a, a cyber, cyber security, cyber power. With cyber hero
0: <laughs> yeah i'm I'll tell you what I'm in, so anyone else out there listening join me um i'm I'm definitely in on that. that sounds fun,
1: yeah, because then when we study for these tests, we can understand well how does how does this have some how does this domain have something to do with this domain mm-hmm. you know so so if they come together in in character you know character version. You know, we'll we we'll understand about the whole concept of how to take these tests. That's just that's just my thought.
0: Okay. <laughs> can, can one of the characters be a cyber rapper? Is that just just say yes,
1: just yeah. say yes, 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 right. most definitely, <laughs> uh, yes, of course. You know, Perfect. And I'm and going to be some drones in there and everything. So, nice. So nice. most most definitely, and um. Yeah, I even thought about you know having some type of scenario where a hacker wear a hood, and, but but then at <laughs> oh, the same no. time, okay. right? Um, hopefully, uh, one of the mentors, which is Chris Roberts, might say, <laughs> "My my school, I'm about don't wear that hood." <laughs> you, know, so,
0: you know what? Uh, so and, and you may have a character after him with like you know angry cyber squirrels or something, you know, chasing down the hacker in the hoodie. So I think we can <laughs> work on that. Yeah, I think I think that's a fun thing. <laughs>
1: Yes, yeah, most definitely. Cause I have a a, a graphic designer already, and um, he's ready to draw, you know, <laughs> some things. So
0: nice.
1: So yeah, I just have to, I just have to get the whole um, the whole plot down because this is gonna be multiple books. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. it's gonna yeah. be multiple books because we got to talk about, you know, talk about the characters and you know what they do and and maybe a little scenario about them. You know, first or well not it may be first I don't know what I'm gonna do yet but eventually they're gonna come together and have a we gonna have another book where they all come together and just save the save the um uh the cyber you know internet world you
0: know <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice so
1: cool. so yeah so so that's um that, that's that's in the work and and by doing that it it helped me to um pass these exams you know because because mm-hmm. i'm not going to stop it just that one exam you know so so we'll see we'll see how how it works and everything
0: <laughs> nice if you're listening <laughs> isc squared she needs a sponsor so if you guys pay for this she'll do it faster <laughs> um, <laughs> So one thing I wanted to ask you know you've been speaking at conferences, et cetera. Have you done anything like Toastmasters to prepare for that? or you just kind of naturally were a speaker what 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 did you use to become to number one get yourself out there like what what was the thing that helped you the most becoming a speaker at conferences? well, actually to
1: be honest with you, I started Toastmaster, but I felt that it it wasn't for me right now. I think Toastmaster couldn't help me to whatever whatever was going on with myself, with speaking. I, I think Toastmaster is the next level because I'm going to start doing Toastmaster now because that first level of me speaking, I was so nervous. Mm,
0: gotcha. My
1: hands were sweating. There. I couldn't really, th- my mouth and, and my my mind was not in sync together. So the thing was, I had to do something different. I ended up finding an app called Virtual Speech, and and I downloaded it on my phone. And then I had like these virtual glasses uh, to connect to my phone and everything. And then I had a virtual audience, oh, nice. and and I was. Tr- and And the thing with is with the virtual audience, they were actually doing what most people do. They would probably sit down and and look at you in your face. They would um, you know talk to their neighbor or they would just maybe stand up drink drinking a cup of coffee and it it was like so many different personalities out in the audience or whatever, which helped which helped me with saying, okay, well this is not gonna distract me because in because when people are my audience and they're doing something, it, it normally distracts me. Mm-hmm. But having this virtual audience and they were doing whatever they do, I I learned not to be distracted with that. In addition to having a on YouTube, I hypnotize myself by these by these videos, where they talk about affirmation, you know giving you that confidence, mm-hmm. so I would listen to it in the middle of the night as I was going to sleep, you know so if people out there want to know about some of the videos, if you look up um, public speaking and anxiety um, hip-, hip hypnosis or hypnotized with public speaking those those particular key words and I will listen to them you know in the middle of the night and I will fall asleep but my unconsciously I would take in all that information unconsciously now when I when I speak in in public I notice a difference even though I can be still nervous I am still nervous but I'm not I'm not as nervous to the point that I'm sweating because I didn't sweat this time (laughs) when I spoke, but I was still nervous. But the thing was, it's, it's just, if, if I would have done it, like they say, do it for like 20 days, 21 days, 30 days, you know, every night, I probably would have been more, um, less nervous than, than prior, than before. And, and right now, actually, I'm, I'm talking to you, Ken. Normally, these spontaneous conversations, I would be extremely nervous. But I'm not because of the, of the videos that I, I listen to at night, the virtual reality speech uh, app that I will practice all the time with. So it's, um, I've been, imp- I've improved Toast- Toastmaster is like that step where I got to the point where I'm, I'm not as nervous that I, as I was prior when I was doing Toastmaster. So now the information that's in my head and that come out my mouth, it, it it's, it's not a hundred percent safe, but it's, it's a little bit better it's better and I'm and I'm taking it a day at a time and also even with panels, speaking on panels and I'm gonna do a little bit more of that next year speaking on panels where spontaneous questions will come out and and I'll be I'll be I'll be ready you know for the spontaneous questions because that used to make me nervous as well it's like, what are they gonna ask? <laughs> what are they thinking about right this minute? What are they gonna do? So I, I used to think that way. I used to, I my my mind would would race and race and race, trying to figure out, well, what is that person gonna say? And and it was it was crazy, but I've I've calmed down a lot, a lot. Somebody that's nervous about speaking, I'll say, if you can get a hold of the virtual virtual speech, that that would be great because it also analyzes your speaking pace. It analyzes um, what side of the room you're looking at more, and it and it'll let you know during the time you're speaking. And it's a it's a it's a great app. It's free, but if you want to get in depth with it, it does cost. But but if you just want that audience it's free you know they have training and everything as well so so yeah it 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 helped me a lot (laughs) a lot
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah cool um so i i I know i went over the time we we set for this uh just because something like you're awesome it's there's no way to fit that in like 30 minutes um any, before I, before I let you go, any, any other advice you could offer? Like, let's say I'm somebody out there listening, which is probably a good portion of the audience. Um, I'm someone out there listening and I'm like, okay, how do I get into cybersecurity? Like, what does she recommend? So I'll ask you that. What do you recommend someone do Should they go to college? Should they get a certification? Should they try to do kind of a multifaceted approach? Like what would your best advice be for someone out there?
1: I guess it depends on, you know, their their previous background because people that have never been in IT before or never touched a computer, I would tell them, Hey, you need to understand what you're protecting. So a few people that reached out to me on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. you know, they they would ask me, Well, how to get in cybersecurity and and I would give them because I don't know too much about their background, I would tell them if you've never touched a computer before, don't know anything about a computer, I would suggest that you probably work on your A-plus a+ certification. And I'm not necessarily saying go get the certification, but you can. I mean, it would probably help, you know, if you want to get that beginner level job or whatever, your A-plus, your network plus and either your Security Plus, and now, to be honest, this is really found, truly found out about the, S, the SSCP one. Um, and, and that's supposed to be equivalent to the CompTIA Security Plus certification. But um, with the SSCP uh, from the ISC Square, it's supposed to help you with or lead you to that next step of getting the CISSP. I'm just I just learned about this. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, okay, cool. <laughs> thats that's great to know. So, so I would tell people to try to understand about you know, different components of the computer systems cuz because there are cuz you have to understand what what are you protecting on a hardware level and on a software level? And then your network plus, um, you have to understand how to protect the network as well. And, and it will give you a broad view of instead of you just happen to be that person that they hire you as an entry level uh, cybersecurity analyst and and you know what they teach you and that's all you know. I mean, it's it it kind of isolates you. It kind of isolates you if you if you're just going to go and and be that that person to only depend on what the company gives you. You have to go out and 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 try to broaden your horizon so you can understand the big picture. And I'm all about people understanding the big picture of things so they can be able to find different ways in order to protect whatever they whatever they trying to protect or want to protect want to protect. Now being a little biased, I would want everybody to go back to school <laughs> and get <laughs> Because I, I guess because I did it and when I did it, I mean, that's what I know. You know, since I, since I went back to school to get my master's degree in cybersecurity technology, I understand the foundation, you know, of cybersecurity. I I, I don't, I don't necessarily um, have to look at just one little area or one little bit of the cyber. Uh, cybersecurity realm, I can look at it as you know the whole foundation to well, what is the big picture? Of what we're trying to do here, you know. So, so, so yeah. So I would, I would, I would like people to to go back to school. But if not, you know, even even Cyber, go on Cyber, take those free courses, and and get an understanding of what cybersecurity is about and and actually it could probably help you and guide you to see where you want to be or what you want what you want to do so so those are two things that i would um, would suggest
0: Cool. Yeah. I mean, I think that's sound advice. Uh, and I've, I've heard that echoed, echoed a lot, like last season on the podcast from many people. Um, it just seems like, yeah, a lot of people that reach out to me on LinkedIn. Also, they don't want to put in any work. <laughs> it's like, ah, I want this six figure cybersecurity <laughs> job and I don't want to do anything to get it. Oh, perfect. You'll, you'll get it right away. Um, so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah well, it happens every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just, right. Yeah, every <laughs> single time.
0: Um, you, in fact, anything in life, right? You never have to work for it. Uh,
1: Uh, of course you know that's that's my life not working for it (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah we all we all
0: suffer from that um Mm -hmm. yeah you know again just want to thank you for hopping on the podcast uh i know you're you're really busy with all the things that you are involved in um thanks for sharing with the audience especially sharing about that virtual speech app i'm going to go check it out so if anyone wants to know my opinion on it i'll definitely let you know um and uh Yeah, I just want to say thanks for hopping on, Tomiko. And I'm not going to take up your entire day, so I'll uh, I'll let you go. But uh, again, thanks for hopping on the podcast.
1: Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.